Hello and welcome back to the Five One Down podcast with me, Fred Whitehead. Uh, today's topic, we are going to be counting down the top five scariest players of all time. Spooky season, lads. Spooky Ooh. season, Halloween just around the corner, lock your doors, then unlock them for trick-or-treaters. <laughs> it's that time of year. The, the pumpkins are out, the players are getting a bit spooky, the nights are drawing in. Um, so... This week, uh, there's just the three of us here, so I'm joined by, to my left, Sam Jevons. Hello, everybody. To my left, Owen. (laughs) (laughs) We're missing missing, uh, other Sam today. Sam One, as you'll know him, I think. Yeah, Sam One, he's uh, been kidnapped by a Halloween creature. He's out, yeah. It's actually uh, Neil Razor Ruddock was involved in that one, I believe. (laughs) No razor or it's taken along. So, um, just to just before we get into our top five lists, um, got a couple of spooky incidences for you here. Mm-hmm. You know, football is a lovely, it's a gentleman's game, but sometimes there's spooky things that happen. Um, so, the first one uh, in the mid two thousands, Fulham striker Collins John left the club after several seasons. A bit of a cult legend. And what player was he replaced by? John Collins. John Collins. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Pretty spooky. That is spooky, spooky to yeah. be fair. That's very spooky. Do you reckon like, the directors of the club were just like, that would be a laugh, wouldn't it? <laughs> they got um, Collins John to reveal John Collins at half-time at Craven Collins. You're joking. <laughs> On the pitch. Oh. That's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. Reminds me a lot of Loyal Karner, you know, with his name. I actually found out Pretty recently, that his real name is Coyle Lana. Yeah, mate. Not Loyal Kana. Not sure where that comes into any of it, but I thought I'd throw <laughs> it out there for you. Jam Sevens doesn't quite work as well, does it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, another spooky story here for you. Right. Um, I'll pose this one as a bit of a question. Uh, in 2010, the uh, groundsman at Manchester City had to dig up Several items that they found when they were doing some uh, drainage work on the pitch. What were those items? Sam, I'm placing this one on you. What were the items in the pitch? Yeah, that they found dug underneath Jesus. the City of Manchester Stadium pitch. Underneath the, so is that, what, is that a main road? No, no, at the current ground, at the Etihad. At uh, the Etihad. So I can guess of basically anything in human existence. <laughs> that can fit under a football pitch. Okay, okay, I'm going to go with a woolen glove. That's a great guess. Thank you. Um, but unfortunately, it's not right. Ah, was I close? Not really, ah. no. Um, so, in 2007, City was taken over by Taskin Shinawatra, the disgraced former Thai Prime Minister, uh, who was somehow allowed to take over City. Um, and to bring good luck to the team, he buried some crystals and some porcelain elephants around the pitch that were meant to bring wisdom and good luck to the team. Um and in 2010, the groundsman finally dug them up, but had to spend the process of trying to find where these crystals and porcelain elephants were. I think I've heard that somewhere now I think about it. Yeah. I think I might have. That's mental. That is, that is, are we allowed to swear on this? I think so, yeah. That's batshit mental, mate. That is batshit <laughs> mental. I mean, I guess it did bring good fortune to the club, like, and him leaving, and Shake Man saw coming in. Yeah, and we finished seventh that season. 
We Not did lose 8-1 to Middlesbrough on the last day of the season. But if only the Conference League existed back then. Oh, we'd have been all of it. We were in UEFA Cup, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah fair enough. Maybe, maybe more clubs should bury elephants. Well, porcelain elephants, not yeah, real ones. The last night, North End could bury anything under there. I don't care. Anything. <laughs> Find something and bury it, please. I think there's a bit worse than porcelain elephants buried under that pitch. Yeah, there's got to be. I reckon, actually, it could be on some. We could be on some sort of ancient burial ground. I wouldn't be surprised. I think it was a farm which we bought the Deepdale plot of land from, but that's hearsay because, frankly, there's not any luck going in that place. Awful, awful. Has it been around since like the 1860s or something that you've been playing? I believe it's the longest continuously used football. I believe, I think the reason, so obviously Wrexham everybody knows now about the, well it's obviously quite well known, (coughs) the race course and Bramall Lane both kind of go for it, don't they? They're the oldest football stadium. Wrexham did have a season away from the stadium, whereas I think every single season that Preston has played has been on that plot of land since 18... 80-ish it's pretty impressive there's yeah. definitely a few dead bodies buried under there there's got to be a few people spreading their ashes and stuff mm-hmm. such Ghost of Tom Finney Ghost of Tom Finney is that a thing? yeah do you not see him flick the header in? oh <laughs> no I think that was more um, yeah, Chad Evans bringing a, a fantastic bullet header into his own net in the 96th minute Listen, he's been out for a while he's probably just got confused yeah he would have got confused you know left and right which way is ours but anyway yeah, right, so <laughs> after those spooky stories, mm. uh, we're going to get into our uh, top five scariest footballers of all time uh, mm. list. So, uh, Owen, we'll start with you with your number five. Number five, um, he's, a, he's also my favourite footballer ever, Luis Suarez. Don't get much more spooky than him. I mean, it's one of the like most scary... Halloween characters, Dracula, it, jealous of Luis Suarez and what he can do on a football pitch. I believe he spooks out himself almost sometimes. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, and he has massive teeth as well. He does. He's got massive teeth and he puts them to use three times, in fact. Got to use the tools you're given. Exactly. What uh, it, so he bit Ivanovic. Chiellini. Chiellini. And... Uh, PSV or Feyenoord player when he played for Ajax. Is there a third one? I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. There's the third one was like was was as it when he when he was at Ajax. He was like he was like right in front of the referee as well. (laughs) The referee come over to like book someone and then like sort of like a few yards away, Luis Suarez just tucked into one of the one of the other team's players. Start chowing down. Yeah. It's crazy because like once you're like okay that's like a flash of just like. Madness, and you just gone. Yeah. Let me bite him three times. He's starting to think like, what is going on here? Like, is he in his day to day just going around biting people? Which is the bet? Which is the better bite, Ivanovic or Chiellini? Which is the which is the more Ivanovic was first, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Chiellini one because it was he'd just been suspended, hadn't he? After uh, the Ivanovic one, and then it was the. World Cup was it? Was it 2014 World Cup? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He did it, and it was like. Surely not. He's done oh it my god! Yeah, because he got suspended for the Ivanovic one, and then he came back, and he was still under suspension in the Premier League, and he was allowed to play. He's allowed to play for Uruguay or something along those lines, and then he bit Chiellini, and then that's when he thought that's when he was trying to force a move away from Liverpool. The best bit of that is where like he bites him, and then 
clearly sees that the ref has seen it and then holds his teeth as if he's just like fell into his shoulder. Yeah, like, yeah. Tries to blame it on Chiellini. It's like yeah, he holds his teeth as if, oh, I can't believe he's just shouldered me in the, in the mouth. You are right that third one has surely just got to be for the love of it. Just for the love of it. That third one, it feels unnecessary. The first one was a statement. The second one's backing up the statement. Yeah. The third one is just enjoying a hobby at that point, I think. I mean, I get like that you wanted to force a move away from Liverpool at that point, but surely there's other ways to do it than biting someone do in a football. Do you think that's football. why he did that's, it? I, I think so, yeah, because it was just before he was just before he moved to Barcelona, because he was still suspended when he moved to Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Uh, he is a proper, like, pantomime villain, though, isn't he? To oh, yeah, like, yeah. He is, like, a, a Dracula or, like... Just the way he plays is like if you put like a, a yeah yeah a monster because <laughs> yeah. he's unbelievable but also slightly evil player. He's one of those players that would just thrives off of their being in an away on an away day when they're getting absolutely like just hounded by the crowd. That's when they that's yeah yeah. When you see a lot of players when they can't handle that, but some players you do see just take it in and channel it. Perfect for the for the for the fifth position. It's a great shout. Uh, so moving on, Sam. Yeah. Well, we were going to say. I think this is my only. I've got a few listed down here in no particular order in front of me. This is my only pick, uh, which is uh, a player playing right now. We've all said that we were struggling with players right now. Maybe a shortage of hard men in the Premier League. Yeah, I agree. There's no like. There's there's, a, there's very few defenders that. You just look at and know that they're going to like go through someone. Mm. I think Harry would Harry Maguire would maybe absolutely go accidentally go through you, like yeah, stumble yeah. into you, and then that. But I don't think he'd be intentionally doing it. He's actually a nice bloke. But um, I've got Jordan Pickford. Oh. I know it's left field, but I think Jordan Pickford. I think he's got to be. He's got to be in there as a shout as scary. Scare, he's like he's not player. he's not as scary as in he's hard. He's he scary is. as in he's like a little gerbil that's gonna like nah, nip at you. He's got slicked back hair and he screams and you just if imagine lying up for a corner, yeah, and you just look over at Pickford and you just know whatever happens you're getting cleaned out. You're getting cleaned out, whatever happens. I, I think he's gotta be in the conversation. I think Andre Onana's up there for that one as well then. Yeah, again that's not <laughs> a scary way though, is it? <laughs> Pickford's got like that scary energy that like mm. when you're walking down the street and you see like a group of 13 year olds in suits, <laughs> yeah, 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 and yeah. you're like I'm an adult these are teenagers like I shouldn't be scared of them but also you're you like, still go on the yeah, other side of the road yeah you still cross the road yeah. that's the Jordan Pickford has 13 year old chap energy mm. and that yeah there's a different type of scary but yeah yeah you I could say it. that kept them in the Premier League the last two seasons so honestly yeah that's a good shout yeah, I know. I, I get where you're coming from. He's I can fully understand if it doesn't make the list, but I think you've got to be around the conversation. Has to be spoken spoken yeah. about. Mm-hmm. Um, and for my number five pick, another goalkeeper. Um, this is a man who's, I wouldn't say to look at is very scary, but having watched him at Manchester City play, uh, he's a terrifying uh, goalkeeper, and that's Claudio Brava. This <laughs> <laughs> is always going to be. Oh, just one of the most terrifying players to ever exist the first season on the Pep we've gone from watching Joe Hart just boot the ball as far as he can to playing it out from the back which you know is a good way to play but it's very nerve wracking at the best of times playing it across your own goal Um, my dad and the old lady who sit next to me at the football still haven't quite got over it but watching Claudio Bravo attempt to play that and then attempt to save the ball 
was some of the most painful football watching experience I've ever had. I, I was genuinely frightened every time the ball came near him. I, I've never seen a goalkeeper save so few shots. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one they get there against Liverpool when Fabinho just smacks it from like twenty five yards out near post, and then you got to think to yourself like, is he? Why is he not? on his near post for a shot that's 25 yards it's not as if someone was in the way either he's just stu- he, like Fabinho's off to the left or to the right of, his, of the goal a little bit and he's just stood dead centre <laughs> it, just it like, was so strange as well because like he came in like Barcelona like won the Copa America with Chile like great credentials and then he just caught, he caught me off guard completely like mm-hmm. one of the most terrifying like mind-bogglingly Awful goalkeepers. How long was he your number one for? <laughs> Just that season. Just that season. We yeah. saw the light and brought Edison. He was yeah. like at the opposite. If Claudio Bravo was Dracula, Edison is Van Helsing. Right. Slave. <laughs> I was I was just gonna say it's it's interesting watching at the moment like a lot of in the last ten years, especially English clubs ha- adapting to the well, you not I would say Spanish, but like possession based football, passing around the back football. Like I'm just thinking of that's what you were touched on there with the people you're sat around and your dad not really coming to terms with their or enjoying the passion on the back. I'm thinking of what Burnley were thinking when they, especially Burnley being incredibly well known for no nonsense football, and then them coming into that new system. Like there's a lot of a lot of fans have got to be out taking a really tough. Yeah, there's a lot of people in Burnley that yeah, must be panicking right now. I can't see them getting on board with the passing around the six-yard box. Especially not right now. And also, imagine five years ago you got told that Burnley would be playing an expansive, attractive brand of football. It, but it also really fits, it, fits them now, it feels like. But five years ago... Yeah, unheard of. We're going to have to come to the decision of who's fifth. I... To be fair, I back Luis Suarez. Yeah, yeah. I I think with the your the way you've said scary is a a dangerous precedent to be to be setting because I could chuck quite a few. I was going to say, surely there's a few. I could put most of our starting eleven from uh, from last (laughs) season there. We we tried to play out from the back, but to be fair, like. Preston, you may be expecting it. Claudio mm. Bravo. Yeah, I, I do understand. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. Jump scare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am expecting them to completely bottle it across our own. Like, so in at five, we'll have uh, Luis Suarez on our uh, yeah. collaborative yeah. list. Uh, number four, I'll start us off. Um, a notorious hard man. I feel like he might be on. He's on most lists that you look on online. Um, Gennaro Gattuso. Just an absolute psychopath in that midfield for AC Milan. Like, a player who, even though he played 15 years ago, could not play in the modern day. Like, just an absolute horrible player to play against. Took pride in just being an awful, awful player, <laughs> tackler. Like, but was so successful winning Champions Leagues, won the World Cup with Italy 2006. Like, a, um, a successful uh, scary player. I mean, the facilitator for one of the best midfielders of the past generation just gone, Perlo. It like the, the, the perfect dynamic of midfield for, 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 with with them two in there. But he's just like he was like a little bull terrier. You know, he's just running around doing people in left, right, and center, 
off for 90 minutes and he's got a CV to back it up as well mm. great player it's yeah. terrifying though I can't say I, I obviously didn't watch him a whole lot but I know I heard all the stories and the reputation and you're right he's just on, on when you are, when you do look at the list and everything he's he's a very he's the name which comes across all of them imagine being a number because that was the area of number 10s like obviously in Serie A you had Kaka imagine being Wesley Snyder having to play against Gattuso in, his, <laughs> in the Milan derby but just what I'm like Gattuso so he's Italian you know, yeah. they have a reputation for being hard men but at 19 he went over to Rangers to spend the season over there like yeah imagine finding an Italian hard man who's been like spent his formative years playing in northern Scotland in the late 90s like he's a r- ridiculously tough and scary to play against player um, who was also like great and you see him now like as a coach he's like I know he's banded around a lot but he's he just looks like a bulldog chewing a wasp like yeah. he's a scary looking man <laughs> I'm, I'm, surely he wasn't expected to go on to coaching like you do watch a lot of players and you think who would go on no. to become coach surely he wasn't one of them no you, sure, like, if you see like Xabi Alonso go into coaching mm. and stuff that that would be like the number six that you'd think would go into Company coaching makes total sense going into coaching yeah yeah but then you look at a lot of the managers who are around and they went off and uh, the greatest players were they I suppose you can see Simeone like he was he was a bit of an hard man in his yeah, day wasn't similar. he yeah. yeah Simeone I almost threw his name in there similar style of yeah yeah of player and then coach as well Obviously, yeah he's a scary coach to be fair yeah. Simeone yeah. definitely you do not want to be late to train for Simeone no good shout for number four though Gennaro Cattuso uh, I'll give my number four uh, more of an era of a player uh, it's got skinhead Rooney has got to get a shout in here just for that one five second clip against Hull City <laughs> I know we've all seen it but yeah. like you do not want to be like making your Premier League debut say and you see skinhead Rooney lining up alongside like uh, across from you you just know that you're going to like the, the way he's, so, he's, so, he's kind of short but he's so physical and that was like his peak like physicality as in that was when he's at his quickest strongest like and he was playing at some of his best football. Right. It might have been the aerodynamics, to be fair. And he was just so like aggressive, so combative, so, so combative, so combative. Yeah, exactly right. I think there's a special place in uh, in hell where Skinhead Rooney is waiting for certain <laughs> people. <laughs> things in there, like, just a, it's a terrifying sight. Really, really scary. Yeah, it was just like you can just perfectly picture that. AIG United kit yeah long sleeves like Rooney just at, like an unbelievable player at that point long sleeves black gloves yeah but he's definitely that's a good way he's definitely waiting for you at the uh, he is you've done some bad things in your life that's what you see <laughs> on the other side the gates of hell you skin yeah. <laughs> and Rooney's there you're like okay he's got the studs ready to go as well it seems like something that you'd see in like a Harry Potter film like in a little cage like mm. just like constantly throwing his head into the side of the cage trying to get out and just this swinging yeah <laughs> like an orc from Lord of the Rings yeah 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 well that, that uh, the, the the hair surgery definitely I took think, a bite out of him yeah not very I mean Rooney in general was quite a scary player to play against but yeah specifically that era was was intense wasn't that the same era as like when he discovered Twitter I think it was just before that was it just so before that quite saying I'll pick you up in the morning Rio <laughs> 
Uh, so Sam, who have you got number four? I've got uh, number four, uh, Terry Butcher. Ooh. I've, I, I, I had to, again, a, a, a player as well, I've got to say, I've watched a combined zero minutes of. Uh, just obviously know like, the yeah. highlights and everything. And it's just Terry Butcher. His name, first of all, is Terry Butcher. Yeah, yeah, that's surely, yeah. It's a pretty um, persuasive factor to get on this list, as in he will butcher you. I think there's murderers who have this like similar. He sounds cases. like a Victorian like mass murderer. He does, like yeah, hundred percent. And Terry Butcher with the with the wrap around the head and the blood and the blood going, it's just an iconic. You know that was in a World Cup qualifying game. A qualifying, yeah. Game, yeah. <laughs> so, sounds like there was enough on the line to do to do whoever that was. But just in saying that he was allowed to play, like the amount of blood that he'd lost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like every time. Like you see that picture in your mind, you have it like oh, he was bleeding quite a bit, but it's ridiculous how much it's, uh, it's all over him. Yeah, it's, it's, it, I think he's almost like the personification of it. To be fair, he's, he's just a scary, scary player. Fred, do you say your number four? Yeah, I said uh, mine was Gattuso. Oh yeah, right. We need to decide then. I said just some good. I feel like Terry Butcher. A bit before my time, like obviously yeah. that image is iconic. But I, for me, that's that's enough to to put to, to put him in there. To be honest, but I mean, I do love Skinner Bruni, but yeah, I, I, good too. So is just one of the hardest players to ever play. Mm. Like, I think right. So a good way of, of like deciding who it is is who would you be most scared to play against? I go. I, I don't think I can answer that because again I, I, I'm, I'm happy to stick Gattuso in there I'm happy to yeah I, I think um, I just wouldn't want to have it against Gattuso a cold no. rainy night against Gattuso I wouldn't have it Rooney he's just like dealing with like I don't know a scary bold man but Gattuso <laughs> like looks like he's got something in you where if you wound him up enough he would kill you yeah yeah alright we can stick Gattuso in I think um, so number three do you want to start us off for this one Sam uh, yes for number three can you come back to me please can I just wait <laughs> hang on check check okay so Fred who have you got at your number three spot number three um, I mean it pains me to say it but um, I've got Nemanja Vidic Ooh. who He's one of the scariest footballers to ever play the game. Like a ridiculously good footballer, and just terrifying. Like I think that generation of Serbian players, like you had those defenders like Ivanovic, Vidic, Kolarov, like that's maybe the scariest defense ever assembled. Um, but Vidic himself, like you just, I think if you were to play against him, you know you're gonna get. Not only is he a clever defender, so he's gonna take the ball off you, but also he's terrifying, and you know you might just get clattered into. Like, yeah. And um, you think of all his red cards. He got eight red cards for United over his career, which is <laughs> an impressive amount. Um, four of them against Liverpool, and three in successive fixtures over <laughs> um, over uh, the mid two thousands. So like. Just a, t- a terrifying defender, both in the way he looked, the way he played, and like just how good he was. See, my my opinion of Vidic being a scary player is slightly skewed by the vision of Torres running through on goal while he fell flat on his face. 
that, that that's just like one of my favourite memories as a kid of like being a Liverpool fan. But I definitely get why he's in why he's in your list. Terrifying to play against. I mean, even his name, like Nemanja Vidic, sounds like a Bond villain. You don't want to be playing against him. You're right. You can just put him in the background of the Bond scene in a velvet tracksuit as an enforcer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, right, that works. Like, honestly, when I make my directorial debut, it's going to just be early 2010s, late 2000s Serbians. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Serbian footballers in there. I think my number three can also be sort of. In a, in a Bond movie as a good villain um, a big dunk mate Duncan Ferguson don't rob his gaff yeah I've got I'm going down I'm yeah. going down as well I, I, he's, he's, yeah. he's in slightly higher up for me though. really yeah Is he slightly higher up yeah I've got uh, don't, I've got basically three last players which I've been playing around with the order of and Duncan Ferguson is what I was thinking of going as number three yeah I've got him third just like the, you, everyone knows the story yeah. yeah was it three weeks Two, three weeks at the first visit hospital. I, I don't know. I think... Mm, should we have a little gander? It was, it's it's a, absolute... It's one of those like stories you want to have about you. Two men robbing, uh, robbing Duncan Ferguson. One of them walks out, the other one walks out, goes to hospital. Yes, it finds him. The one person you don't want to find when you break someone's house. Oh, imagine that. You've gone through all that work. You've got a house. You've, you've, you've put in all... Well, I don't know how much work goes into burgling, to be fair. But I'm going to assume it's like you're not just hitting the first one you see. You've, you've done your background work and you get in there and it's Duncan Ferguson. He's just terrifying. Like, even the... Um, one of my favourite, like, Premier League moments is when he was the boss at Everton at the end of their season. And he was just, like, on the sidelines. <laughs> and he was wearing a suit which just doesn't feel right for Duncan Ferguson. No. Like, he should be, like, in a, a blood-spattered um, yeah. for me. But yeah, just a terrifying footballer, and you hear of Zadira talk about him, and just like he was terrifying. Right. So the burglar, there was two burglars, uh, tried to break into his house while he was with his wife and their six-month-old daughter. Um, he speaking on the BBC podcast, um, Duncan Ferguson said, he's, "He's lying on the couch, and he heard something. Put his trainers on. He had no top on, and he said, I was ripped back then.'" <laughs> And he said, "I was quite calm, but they, what the, uh, he could get, what was it, what's he saying? I got a grip of them, a grip of one of them, and that was when I got angry. And obviously, it's six foot four, massive. This was two thousand and one, so he's twenty nine at the time. It's like peak big dunk. It's a prime dunk converted. Yeah, yeah. Up against. So um, one of the burglars was in hospital for three days, recovering from the injuries that Sin obviously did to him. But that's why he ended up in the hospital." He genuinely thought, "Am I have I killed him?" What, so Duncan Ferguson rushed the burglar to hospital. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he called an ambulance and police or something like that. Yeah, I'd love to see that. I would love to see that. I, actually, number one, number yeah, one, yeah. just for those sorts of antics, like thinking that he's killed a man. Mm. Like for me, it's further up. Um, but yeah, like a huge, a, a massive hard man, like. I 100% agree with your guys' picks there. Well, we can leave doing the top three actually actually ranked um, because we can decide if we want to put Duncan. I feel like we might have a similar top three anyway. Yeah, we, we could put Duncan at a preliminary number three and then we can swap it around at the end yeah. if we need to. Yeah, Preliment, he, preliminary. He and he can move all around. Yeah. Um, all right. Sam, do you want to crack on with your second pick? Yeah, second pick, I've got Roy Keane. 
It, just, yeah. it, had, it, had, it had to be said. It had to be on the list. We I have him, to say them. I have him number one. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you can go out onto a pitch and purposefully end someone's career. The reason I've got um, Roy, Roy Keane's eye as well on the list is uh, purely the fear that you saw his teammates had. Uh, from, or not, not so much fear... But I almost well, there's a fine line between fear and respect, I think. But that line which they had for him is amazing. I can't remember who they were playing, but it's that famous clip of um, when they were like waiting for the referees or something, and then Roy Keane just lost patience. And the fact that you just watch the whole team, not even question for a second, walk straight out behind him as soon as Keane goes, the whole team's right behind him. And so I think obviously, yeah. Uh, the, the pure fear he strikes the people around him um, it's just Roy Keane isn't it it's Roy Keane it's sort of a respect out of fear kind of thing yeah. when he was captain yeah I just love the way he talks about like Gary Neville and he has throughout his whole career like the VAR yeah. thing he's like oh he's picking on Gary Neville like as if Gary Neville is like this little schoolboy who can't stick up for himself <laughs> I don't think Roy Keane has a single bit of respect for Gary Neville no no not at all but um I don't know. I, I think he's, he's softened up as he's got older, like as a pundit, mm. he's good, but definitely like as a player and then as a coach, like terrifying. Do you think he terrifying. still tries to put on a little bit of a persona as a pundit? Or do you think that's genuinely how it is, like going about just, his day? He's just a slightly grumpy guy, to be fair. I think he was. <laughs> I, I don't know if you went, like, I don't know if you went to the talk by, yeah, talk yeah. by him at the university last year. Yeah. And there was a bloke who's stood at the back leaning on this like fire escape door that kept beeping and Roy's like mid-interview and they're chatting and then he just stops mid and he goes will you stop fucking leaning on that door to this <laughs> yeah <line?"> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and this ball I'd place him fucking shit himself and like race to go get a seat and everyone pissed themselves at him but he just like he doesn't seem to have that felt he just has to say it like yeah mm. yeah it's short tempered we, we can say mm. and like yeah I mean when, when you got the ability to back it up and also, like, the temper is pretty formidable opponent to play against. And it does look like the temper has, like, slowly simmered into just grumpiness. <laughs> grumpiness. Like, instead of, instead of, like, getting his emotions out through two-footed tackles, he now just moans his stuff, which I think is really nice to see, actually. I, also, I read an article on The Athletic about him a couple of days ago, well, a few days ago, and... Uh, when he was like 16, 17, he actually signed for two clubs in Ireland to get started. Um, but so he, so he signed for both, knowing that one would get the paperwork finalised first and that would be the team that he would go for. So that's when he was like 17. Yeah. Like, and he, he, I feel like just like knowing that you're going to have one club that's going to be fuming at you for signing for another one. That's also him all over though, isn't it? The, uh, like the expectations he has for yeah, yeah. around him. Like, Outside of the actual rage, he actually does have like pretty high, very high standards about what he expects from people around him. He doesn't want to be disappointed. Yeah, no, I definitely think he, you know, maybe over Claudio Bravo should have made my list. Yeah, um, for, for number two for me, um, I'd Stuart Pearce. Yeah, great shot. Yeah, um, I mean his nickname was Psycho. Mm. They're like one of the hardest players of the nineties. Uh, uh, once tried to play on with a broken leg mm-hmm. he just like <laughs> is the antithesis of uh, hard hard working defenders and also was like a quality uh, left back for Nottingham Forest for years like um, I feel like also uh, getting into football when I did 
Stuart Pearce was the Manchester City manager and that bloke played some terrifying football <laughs> it was atrocious to watch like you're a kid you've just got into football you're dead excited and then you watch a Man City team uh, break the record for fewest home goals in a season 10 we didn't score 10 10, ten goals from, from New Year's Day to the end of the season we didn't score a home goal no oh my god and they all came in the first half of the season <laughs> they all came in the first half of the season no no I, I just so it was my first year of going. I think I went to my first game beginning of 2005. Mm. So 2006-7 was Pierce's last season. Right. And he was just oh, atrocious. I think we finished 14, but we're just so boring. There. I saw some shocking football last season, especially at home for Preston, but that's another level. Not scoring from, what was that, New Year's? From New Year's Day. You beat Everton 2-1 on New Year's Day and then didn't, didn't score another goal at home. <laughs> That's a hell of a statistic. Yeah, and it was a, you know, it was a, such an uninspiring team with like Joey Barton, Ben mm. Thatcher, Danny Mills. Like it was just horrific to watch. That is scary. And yeah, that yeah, yeah that alone that is scary. As well as his playing credentials, like mm. would all he? <laughs> I saw him so on um, David James up front every <laughs> 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 game, which you know. Is very funny, but also scary that a manager would think that's a good idea, especially one in the Premier League. But yeah, scary to make a human football fan go through that. To be fair, yeah, definitely. Yes, yeah, for me, psycho's got to make the list somewhere. Yeah, the, the only reason I didn't mention him was obviously because I said Terry Butch. I didn't want to over um, Im- implement the English bandage men. But yeah, no, without doubt, it's got to be up there. Well, for my number two, I've gone for Graham Souness. He's the antithesis of a hard man, especially in the 80s, captain in his Liverpool side. Like, everyone was terrified of him. But the thing that sticks out for me the most, I don't know if you guys have seen this, when he was Galatasaray manager, and obviously yeah, in the, yeah. the Gala Fenerbahce derby, after a particularly heated derby, he grabbed one of the, the, the Gala flags off the fans and he planted it on the centre circle like that, that like, and, and I've seen like you, you've seen like the videos from the derby, from from that derby, and especially like where he would he would have been what gala manager in like the nineties, two thousands, like it would have been like stuff getting thrown onto the yeah, pitch. Was, like it, I think it inside there, right? I don't know if you saw it, uh, a few seasons ago. They did a tifo where it was just a big Graham Souness planting the flag yeah. with the crowd going. I think it was a Champions League game or something, or it might have been against um, whoever, but. Just like a, a ridiculous idea to do that. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think that just sums him up as like uh, as a player and as a manager as well. Uh, he always wore his heart on his sleeve, like always fight. If there was ever a player that fought for the badge, it was Graeme Souness. It didn't matter where he was. I think he's also very scary as a pundit as well, with like sort of yeah. opinions. You know, yeah, terrifying. I know. Like, imagine if he was ever in a room alone with Paul Pogba. Jeez, scary. Oh, you don't want to know what he did. I actually think. Um, with the whole, I because he was obviously the manager at um, Southampton, wasn't he? When Ali Dia, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still think the most impressive thing about that is that Ali Dia went anywhere near trying to break into Graham Souness's team. That 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 story as well. I mean, poor lad. Mm. He had a good go. A good yeah, game. yeah, yeah. He had a he good hit the post, game. didn't he? Did he? I think he hit the post or was saved by the keeper. I'm pretty sure. Did Ali Dia hit the post? I'm sure Ali Dia <laughs> hit the post, mate. Didn't he get subbed on and then got subbed off like 10 minutes later? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. 
yeah, it was um, an interesting uh, career that Seamus has had. Yeah. And just as a pundit, you see the amount of times that uh, that Redknapp just shits himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Graham, that's right, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, definitely a hard man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've got a few good shouts for number two. Yeah, it's getting properly tough at this point, of it, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, my number one was Roy Keane, so we already spoke about him, to be fair. Yeah, number one, I had Duncan Ferguson, who's already been. Yeah, oh, I think I've got the the last person who has to be mentioned in all this is Vinny Jones, obviously. Yeah, he's got. He's, he's got, got to be. be he, he, yeah, like when you think of Vinnie scary Jones. hard man, it's, it's like it's Vinny Jones. It's Vinny it? Jones. I, that yeah. whole Wimbledon team, to be fair, from what I've heard, was just brutal. In in my mind, though, like you look at those clips and you know those tackles were terrible that he was mm. doing but I think you realise like listening to other footballers talk about it was more like making up for a lack of ability do you think like I think he was just a shit player who made up for it by just doing horrible tackles that either way I don't I don't think that takes away from his uh, how intimidating he was oh yeah I wouldn't say this to Vinny yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that makes him more intimidating the fact that um, if something doesn't start going his way, which it might be more likely to, he will just start clapping players. That that's a good point. To be fair, I think one of those like obviously quite a lot of these are '90s footballers who mm. slightly before our time. But yeah, just a, a terrifying man, and there's a reason why he's in so many Guy Ritchie films. Like yeah, <laughs> hard man, right? I mean, we spoke about the Mania Village being in a film like Vinnie Jones literally is in a lot of films he is. Yeah, and he's yeah, always a big scary it. bloke mm. I, I was watching a guy uh, one of the films and um, Vinnie Jones came on and I like, said to my mate like, oh we won the FA Cup with Wimbledon and yeah. like, or whatever and he's like what are you on about like, it's not <laughs> true we're going to have to decide on the top three then mm. there's some big names in there yeah. who have we got we've got Dunk Roy Keane we've got a four person shortlist right so Dunk, Roy Keane, Vinnie Jones, Stuart Pearce. So Sunesco not going in for anyone. And so, 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 so it's got uh, six person shortlist, got to cut down three. I think Sunes is softened a little bit now. I know he is hard, but I think those four of Dunk, Pearce, Keane and Vinnie Jones are like your, yeah. your four big hardmen. So it's just whittling it down to three. And I think I'd go for... Dunk third, Finney Jones second, and Roy Keane first. Mm, yeah, I could get on board. Yeah, I think it's one of those that could go any order. Like, I think Roy Keane was an incredible footballer, but also scary at the same time, which mm. maybe ranks him above the others. I think it's yeah. It we were talking about actually how it is pretty hard to try and qualify all of it, but I think that's a very I think that's a respectable list. So what would our uh, collaborative Five to one. So our collaborative five to one this week for the top five scariest football players. Number five is the vampire himself, Luis Suarez. Gattuso at four. Uh, The top three then. Third, we've got Duncan Ferguson. Second, Big Vinnie Jones. And first, Roy Keane. That's hell of a list. Incredible. Sounds. Imagine that team. Five aside. I was going to (laughs) say. There's a goal out of them. Who goes in goal? Mm, Vinnie Jones. Yeah, he's Jones. probably the worst one out of the lot. So, yeah, fair I mean, to be fair, you take that as a as a, as a little five-a-side team, wouldn't you? The worst balance. And you got Vinnie Jones and uh, like maybe 
Sweeper keeper, mate. Mm. Fire keeper. <laughs> Can you imagine some of them sweeper keepers? <laughs> and then at the back, we'll probably stick Catuso there from five yeah. sides. Mm-hmm. And then I've Keen. Keen in midfield, then just throw Suarez and Don't Cut from and just like Suarez just, and Don't Can you imagine so. the elbows getting thrown up there? It's just gonna be ridiculous. Like I know, yeah. Suarez and Duncan Ferguson is a strike partnership, a dream. We needed to see that. So, yeah. so, oh, that mm. would have been great. That, that's just an incredible team. That yeah, that's an incredible side team. Amazing, amazing. Happy Halloween, everybody. Yeah. Say. Happy Halloween. What have, we got, what have we got going on for it? What have we got going on for Halloween? I don't know. I The missus won't let me wear my Boba Fett morph suit out, so no. I haven't even got a costume, to be honest. You not have <laughs> I didn't even wear it, mate. I, I, I'm not even had, to, had a chance to wear it yet. It's probably too cold anyway. How long have you had the uh, the suit then? Oh, near near on two years. I never wore it. You haven't even broken it out. No, but it's it's like I moved into the flat last year, moved back <laughs> home, moved into the flat this year, and it, it's come with me the whole way, just in case I get a chance to wear it. Oh, it's good to have in the in the bottom drawer, just in case. Yeah, yeah. It's always good to have a staple if you want. Quite port- portable. Yeah. There's a competition at work for the best uh, Halloween costume. You get fifty quid. Fifty quid. So I uh, I'm dressed as Jesus. If the listeners can't hear this, but my luscious yeah. locks. For anyone who doesn't know, Fred Whitehead had Fred Whitehead has some incredible hair on his head. <laughs> but actually, you know what? Out of out of the three of us around here, it's two very. Very impressive heads of hair, and I myself am aiming to get there. I'm in a midpoint. I'm going for the long hair. Then we're gonna have have a trio. Next week's topic is uh, top five haircuts on the podcast. Oh, yeah. top five hair accessories. <laughs> <laughs> top five footballers who play with headbands. We just pivot from football into hair care. <laughs> it's what every podcast does, though. It's just getting it's just getting samey now. But yeah, I'm going as Jesus because I've got like a nice robe. Wear me some sliders and I'll be dead comfy. Oh nice. yeah! So get yourself into Northern Quarter and I'll sort you out with it. Some holy water, mate. I can't afford <laughs> drinks in Northern Quarter, so I might give it a miss. I, I could just give you water. Uh, that's true, actually. Yeah, I'll <laughs> bring a bucket of water. To you. I'm not the biggest fan of red wine, but I could get it down for a night. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I'm not a big Halloween guy to be honest. Like, I wouldn't say I'm massively. Never really have been. I think the only time I ever dressed up for a Halloween party was um, I got invited like last minute to this like house Halloween party when I was like 17, and I was like, uh, I like the cadets gear lying around, so I just threw like a top on and just covered myself in camouflage paint. And just I was along. Like, I've always been doing a bunch of myself. Like my dad is a massive, massive fancy dress enthusiast. He's got a. Uh, a massive box in his wardrobe, which he loves to break out if he gets a chance. But for me personally, like, again, the idea of just getting, trying to make yourself terrifying and covering yourself in blood and all that. For example, this year I'm just going as a security guard in a black suit. <laughs> not the scariest. Smart. Not the scariest at all. Our kid and his brother's going as um, Bjork in the swan dress. I don't know if you've ever seen that photo. I there's an infinite, infamous the singer yes the Icelandic singer mm-hmm. there's an infamous photo of her in this one dress so he's going to start he's had some good ones to be fair he was um, you know Midsummer, the uh, Florence Pugh film you've seen that mm-hmm. he went this one of them with a the little flower uh, headdress things on so quite a reference yeah he's, he, he's got some rogue ones in him to be fair I wish I was I like to think I'm quite creative but when it comes to costumes I just, I just don't think I am 
would love to whip out something like that. And I even when I was a kid, it was just skeleton costume every yeah. day. Like I wasn't mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I went to Spider-Man once, and my mum, my mum did my face paint. It was pretty good. If you go really last minute, you just raid the toilet papers. What I did a few times, and just mummify. Yeah, yourself. there's been a. There's always it's, got to be someone. It's like, the ultimate not that into Halloween costume. The mummy, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's an easy one. It's in my top five. Right then, after our uh, short Halloween <laughs> chat there. Uh, we're going to leave you thank you for listening to the uh, 5 One Down podcast uh, and join us again next week for some uh, who knows what but there will be five of them (laughs) (laughs) bye bye